On September 30th, you're invited to join the Upper Room in reflecting on the past 18 months of individual and collective trauma. The three-day online event, Resilience, Healing Practices for Mind, Body, and Spirit, will include storytelling, time for personal reflection and conversation, guided spiritual practice, and worship. To register, visit upperroom.org resilience. Don't miss early registration, which ends on August 30th. Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Ann Lancaster. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org. In this week's episode, SDI Creative Director Matt Whitney speaks with Evan J. Miller on the topic of leadership and spirituality. His article entitled, Leaning into Letting Go, Leadership as a Path on the Spiritual Journey, can be found in the June 2021 issue of Presence Journal. A video version of this podcast is included as a bonus on the enhanced web version, which is available to all SDI members. Well, Evan, thank you for your time and thanks for your contributions to Presence Journal and SDI. I really enjoyed writing the piece and excited to see it published and really curious what kind of response we'll see from the community. Yeah, me too. You write about organizational leadership Mm -hmm. and spiritual direction, which is not a topic that we've explored very much, but is very much on our hearts. And I know mm-hmm. our executive director was a former Microsoft executive, but the vast majority of people reading the article are spiritual directors, right? Yeah. Yep. And so I wonder what's one big takeaway that you hope for from people reading your article? I think the key piece for me is this idea that leaders are on a spiritual journey, whether they know it or not. And I suppose they're not likely to show up to meet a spiritual director or a spiritual companion unless they actually kind of make that connection. But it really seems to me that that leadership is not a stylistic thing, although there's a lot of talk about leadership styles and all that kind of, if I may, baloney. I really think it's about maturity and stages of development. And that's fundamentally parallels the stages of faith, stages of consciousness development, which we know a lot about. And how do we tap into that? How do we lean into that? As leaders, how do we support people developing that? I don't expect spiritual directors to become coaches, but I hope they would see their work as ancillary or supportive of what leaders are doing and actually be relevant to what leaders are trying to do. Yeah, you essentially offer a paradigm of leadership growth. Yeah, the model is called leadership agility or the framework. It's a framework. It's a model. It's actually research-based. I mean, there's data to back up these stages that people go through as leaders. Mm -hmm. You do name leadership growth mirrors the spiritual journey in a lot of ways. And, you know, as Mm -hmm. I read through that framework, I sense something similar. You offer these Mm -hmm. three stages, the experts, the achiever, and the Mm -hmm. catalyst. And, you know, it's just really interesting. It, It feels like you begin exerting a lot of control and kind of wanting to mm-hmm. do everything. But, you know, what you offer is this progression into more letting go of that. And yeah. Allowing others to use their own gifts, their own creativity yeah. to, to help create something bigger than the leader themselves. 
And I wonder how a leader might begin evolving into these more playful and creative paradigms of leadership. I mean, I know myself, I'm like the expert. Like I just want to do everything. And that's kind of how I got the job in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm having to learn how to let go of a lot of that. Yeah. It's not a painless process. We develop these competencies and capabilities. You know, Richard Rohr talks about the first half of life and building our castle or building our tower. And that's really, it's important. We have to do that. We can't just let go. We have to have something to let go of. And so I think that's why it's such an interesting spiritual journey to do that. So your question is really around how do we begin to play with that or how do we begin to explore that? I think a really good place to start is with curiosity to really go with more questions than answers. And for an expert, I mean, we believe our value is the answers that we have. And for male, we're the answer man, you know, ask me a question. I know the answer. And if I don't, I'll make it up. And to begin to release that and lean into curiosity about what might other people know about this? What might I be missing? What might I not be seeing in this situation? And along with that is a a longer time trajectory for the decisions and the things that we're working on. As an expert, we're like, what do I have to do today? Where's my checklist? My checklist is very short term. And there isn't much that goes beyond a few weeks or maybe the quarter, maybe a year. When we have a longer time frame and begin to think about things like legacy and how are we impacting the planet and how are we impacting the lives of the people that we're working with, it really changes our frame of reference. It begins to expand out. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It is exciting. I mean, I'm totally tracking with you. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I've got my to-do list right here. And I'm really thinking beyond like what I have to get done by the end of the week. But there is like a shred of something else, like a long-term vision and what we are crafting together at SDI and and kind of empowering spiritual directors and spiritual direction Mm. and companionship that is bigger than me, you know, it's bigger than any of the staff people. So at the achiever level, we're starting to talk about what does the organization achieve and what are the outcomes that we want for the organization? And at the catalyst level, we're starting to talk about what's the legacy we want to leave Mm. and how do we really want to impact our world? And it's beyond even just what we're going to achieve is what kind of organization, what kind of life do we want to create for all the stakeholders that are involved in this process? That's very different from, I got to get this video edited and cranked out and and posted on the website, you know? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I I mean, I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, I get this video cranked out and posted, but I'm trying to sort of enter in. I mean, just as talking to you and listening to you, I'm like, it's exciting to imagine this being shared with hundreds and thousands of people and how they might be impacted by that, how you might appreciate or cherish this time, whatever might awake mm-hmm. for you, even in mm-hmm. sharing. Um, yeah. So it's helpful just to think a little bit bigger, I think, be a little yeah. more spacious with our work. You're an executive, you've run a company for mm-hmm. a long time. And you're also a spiritual director. You have mm-hmm. spiritual direction training. And do you also employ a life coach? You have employed life coaches. I have in the past. I'm not currently working with one. Actually, I thought of my coach as an executive coach or a leadership coach, mm-hmm. um, not so much a life coach. Yeah, so I see the roles as really different. And actually, a month or so ago, I wrote a, an essay that's published up on my website on coaching or spiritual direction, what's the difference? I really try and explore this question of what is the difference between coaching and spiritual direction? Because I, I offer both. 
And for me, it kind of boils down to, you know, the philosopher Gabriel Marcel, essentially he said, there are problems to solve and there are mysteries to behold, and you can't approach them with the same mind. And I see coaching as problem-oriented, and it, at some point, it can open out into mystery, where all of a sudden you're talking about, well, what is the purpose of this organization that we have? What is its highest calling, its highest evolutionary purpose? You know, you start talking about that. What is evolutionary purpose moving towards? You know, it opens up questions of mystery and you, you start asking questions about love. How is love showing up in this situation? And so there's this kind of segue or potentiality to open into mystery when we're even solving problems. And I think that that's that intersection that's just really interesting to me of how we show up as a leader that enables love to happen, <laughs> something bigger than ourselves, and ultimately how that translates into how we organize our organizations to do the work that needs to be done. You know, God bless individual effort, but there's nothing that we're facing that can be done by an individual organizations have to come together to solve the pandemic, solve issues around climate change and justice and peacemaking and income equality and racism. I mean, all those issues are huge issues facing our planet. And no individual is going to change anything. Non-dualistically, our individual's actions matter. <laughs> no doubt about it. But it's going to take institutions coming together to work and solve those problems. So how are we trying to do that? Is it just for our own wealth and well-being? Or is there something bigger that we're called to? So that's why I think this work really matters and why I think spiritual direction is right at the heart of it. Because at least in Christian terms, what does the heart of God calling us to? And what are we being invited to in this great evolutionary experiment on life on planet Earth and in this trajectory? Tehard's omega point. We're moving towards something. What is that? You know, and I know there's lots of argument about the omega point and Tehard, but there's something really meaningful about that, which is actually picked up in Otto Scharmer's work in Theory U and his book, Leading from the Emerging Future. What is that? <laughs> How is that? And the work of appreciative inquiry around what is working and what is energizing for organizations. There's some fantastic stuff going on in the, quote, secular space. And I use that with air quotes around it because I don't know that there's a difference between secular and sacred. And so as spiritual directors, let's lean into that and run with, if God is infinite, God's work is going to show up in all kinds of ways that are not contained within the walls of what we consider to be spiritual activity. Yeah. What a beautiful vision that you paint around this collective work that we all get to participate in, but none of us is called to solve. It's not my responsibility. It's our responsibility yeah. together. And how do I show up as an expression of God's love and do my part, whatever that small part is? Yeah. And our life here is fleeting, which I'm very aware of right now. And so life is fleeting. How do I show up and contribute my part? Evan Miller is a spiritual director and retired business leader. Evan is especially interested in the intersections of spirituality, 
leadership, and organizational governance. His mission is to help leaders grow spiritually and bring their whole maturing selves to their leadership role. You're talking a lot about mystery and love, which are concepts that we love. We talk about them mm-hmm. really, but in the corporate sector or in, on an institutional basis, maybe it's not as common. And the vision that you offer also is not an individual vision. It's a collective vision. And mm-hmm. so in business and in corporations and, and other types of institutions, are there ways that you know of introducing contemplative practice? Ways to open people to that mystery and to that love. I think it's what spiritual directors do so well, which is ask questions. I think the art of the question is critical in that conversational dialogue that we can have with people. So asking those questions, which spiritual directors, that's our stock and trade, which is why I think as a community, we have so much to offer here. And then practices like journaling and the examen in some format or another, those are two really powerful practices. The conclusions of the leadership agility folks, secular business coaching is the biggest lever in moving people to higher levels of functioning and leadership agility is their self-reflective capacity, their ability to reflect on how they are showing up in the world and how they're working in the world. And so that's the move really from expert to achiever is to take on a greater self-reflective capacity to reflect on how I'm showing up and how I'm leading people and how I'm impacting other people's lives. And then the move to catalyst, I think, is best characterized by an organization that's able to be self-reflective and really think about what it is doing and how it's contributing to the world. Organizations have spirit. (laughs) I don't have data for that, but I'm convinced that organizations have spirit and they have memory. And so what's the institutional memory? How do we tap into that? How do we identify the creative spark that originated that organization and leverage that into its finding its evolutionary call, its evolutionary highest purpose? I think those are really fascinating questions. Yeah, I'm inspired to be asking those questions. I mean, we asked them, but I, I have a renewed energy just listening to you name these things. Well, great. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm excited to share this conversation. Evan, is there anything else that you would like to share or impart or ask us, you know, any good questions to leave us pondering? Or You know, I think one of my favorite questions comes from Jim Finley, and it's my go-to question for any situation. And to think of applying it in a so-called secular situation is really fascinating. But Jim's question is, all things considered, What's the most loving thing I can do for myself and all others in this situation? That's a kind of universal question that really gets at so much of what our lives are about. All things considered, what's the most loving thing I can do for myself and all others in this situation? And when you really step back and weigh that question in all its dimensions in every situation, it leads you to a different space. How am I a loving presence in this world? How can I be a more loving presence? I'd offer that as a universal takeaway to work at being more loving, showing up that way. I mean, that's it, right? And I've heard that before and it is universal and that we so often forget. And it's it's such a beautiful guiding post beacon. I love the story you you shared in your article about Jim Finley meeting with Thomas Merton and being like, I think I'm in the fourth (laughs) or fifth room. (laughs) 
He's like, he comes over there. Yeah, I actually, I couldn't quite capture this in the article, but to hear Jim tell that story, he says Merton came out of his chair. It's none of your business. Yeah. What, what <laughs> castle you're in. <laughs> it's so true, though. I mean, it's like asking the wrong question and coming up with an answer that is totally irrelevant. If you come back to this question, what's the most loving thing I can do in this situation? The room is irrelevant. You're in whatever room or space you're in. Well, I think it goes deeper than that, too, Matt, in that Merton talked about we want to achieve union with the divine. And what we don't realize is that once we achieve that, there's not much of us left. And so the story of what room or what castle am I in is all about how is my ego doing in achieving this unity? And Merton's saying, it's not about yourself. And that's why it, it circles right back around to leadership capacity. It's not about yourself. It's about something much bigger. And that's why leadership is a spiritual journey, not a individual journey of how big your McMansion is and how you spend your Saturdays mowing a, a three-acre lawn on your riding lawnmower. You know, that's not what leadership is about. But at least in a lot of organizations or a lot of communities, that's what it is about. And it's killing our world. It's destroying our planet. The list goes on and on and on. We have to be aspiring for something bigger and higher and more loving. Yeah. Well, thank you for reframing these questions and reframing leadership. And thanks for sharing today. And thank you for your article. I'm happy to link to the article you wrote on spiritual direction and executive coaching. I think that would be helpful yeah. for our community. Yeah. On my website, it's evanjmiller.com. There's an essays section. You'll find it there. Great. Okay. Thank you for this. This is great. I really appreciate Okay. This. Thank you. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. SDI is the home of spiritual companionship. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org.